Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Man, it's so good to be with you guys this morning. I feel like Jaron just introduced me so well, I got nothing to say anymore. But it's good to be together. And yeah, like he said, I've had the privilege to work with the campus ministry uh, the past couple weeks or so. And yeah, we just had that all-night prayer night. It was so good. Man, I'm so fired up. Self-admittedly, I kind of dozed off in the middle. You know, the, the sisters had to wake me up. They're like, Blake. It was my turn to pray. They're like, Blake. I was like, oh. oh. But man, it, w- it was such a good time. We prayed over many different topics. And yeah, I have the privilege of preaching to you guys this morning. Go ahead and turn over in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. So as you see, we have a new series up here. It's called Treasuring God. And the goal, our goal with this series is to be able to treasure some essential things about God and our Christianity. And there's many ways you could go with that, but I think a good place to start is by defining what treasure is. And so you could go a couple different ways with that. There's a couple different ways you could define treasure. Sometimes you'll think of, at least in my mind, the first thing I think of when I think of treasure is the the pirate's chest, yeah. you know, X marks the spot, yeah. the, the gold and the all the all the gems in there. Yeah. But the way we're going to be talking about it in this series, at least me today, is treasure is something that you attach high value to and cherish. So, for example, for me, something I treasure, one little thing, it's not very little, but it's sports. I love sports, right? My major in college is even sport management. I love watching KU basketball. We just won, we just came off the national title. I remember the whole campus ministry, we were, we were in Allen Fieldhouse watching the game. Almost the whole church was there out in Lawrence and it was, it was an awesome time. Uh, I treasure time playing tennis. Even Aiden and I have been hitting a little bit. It's been fun. He got the best of me this week. Uh, the Wimbledon tournament's going on. You get a, the finals actually going on right now as we speak. I have no idea how it's going. Uh, don't, don't check your phone or anything or spoil it. I, I want to figure out myself. I love the Dallas Cowboys. However you feel about that. I know in Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. It, it's no different out here. America's team. So some, my point being, some things you and I treasure, they may differ. Right? You hear that saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure. But what we should all treasure as disciples of Jesus, first and foremost, is Him on the cross. And of course, as Christians, we treasure the cross. You see it in a material sense, which isn't, it's not bad. I mean, you see, you see necklaces all over. Yeah. You see the pictures and statues. Yeah. 
you see even t-shirts. I have a few. You see the tattoos. You see the cross everywhere. And even on non-Christians, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've seen with the cross. I'm like, oh man, are you a Christian? No, not really. I just, I just like the, I just like the cross. I'm like, okay, whatever. But the cross marks us as Christians, but it can be easy to forget the magnitude and importance it holds. And so for a long time, and even in Jesus's time, the cross meant suffering. It meant punishment. It meant death. Dying on a cross, even Jesus wasn't the only person to die on a cross, but dying, being crucified was a, it was a public spectacle that you were guilty. You were, you were hanging up there. It was like, man, this, this guy is guilty. And it's a long and a slow death. And the disciples understood it in this way. And there, there wasn't any mistaking it for a cute symbol in that time. They weren't wearing cross necklaces or posting cute Instagram stories of their Bible next to a $6 cup of coffee. But, but Jesus taught them it was so much more and even before he went and died on it. And so, the title of my sermon today is Treasuring the Cross. So in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, we start out. And it says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law that he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to, lo- wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and then He will reward each person according to what they have done. Right, so Peter, right before this, he makes this great confession that Jesus is Lord, He's the Messiah, He's the Son of God. And Jesus said He's he's going to build the church on Him. He's like, you're the rock I'm going to build the church on. He's getting the keys to the kingdom. It's, It's an awesome scene. But then Jesus, right here, He tells his disciples that he has to suffer and die. So why would he do this? What's Jesus trying to show them? Jesus wants them to see that the cross, it's the beginning of a new life and a new creation. And then you see Peter, he wrestles with this. How could the Son of God die? Jesus, you're supposed to be conquering the Romans, not being defeated. And honestly, I don't think Peter is quite as out of his mind as we think here. I mean, he did rebuke Jesus, which he shouldn't have. But Peter knew that if he was Jesus' disciple, 
If he was someone who devoted himself to imitating and walking closely with Jesus, he knew that he was going to have to do the same. He was going to have to go to the cross himself. What does Jesus say right after this? He says, lay down your life, deny and die to yourself. So if you want to treasure the cross like we all say we do as Christians, what do you have to do? We have to treasure... You have to treasure the whole process and not just the results. Everything that goes into it. So often we want to say, the cross is victory and give me that victory. We want the glory, the comfort, and the celebration right here and now. And of course the cross does equal victory, but it also equals suffering. There's two sides of the same coin. We're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and lay down our life. And you see these principles not only in disciples, but you'll see them in championship athletes. Right, the great Tom Brady, the GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. He goes, you have to believe in your process. You have to believe in the things that you were doing to help the team win. I think that you have to take the good with the bad. There's some, there's some wisdom there. And I really believe that because Tom Brady treasured his process so much, this is what allowed him to be the best player to ever play the game. Think about it. He's got to show up to practice, do all the dieting and conditioning, deal with all the interceptions he threw in games, battle injuries, and pick himself up after losses. So... Put yourself in his shoes and imagine if when Tom Brady was drafted 199th overall, he goes to Bill Belichick. What if he said, Coach, I want to be the greatest quarterback of all time with all the, with the most Super Bowls, but I don't want to come to practice and you can just hand me the trophy. Right? That's absurd. But I think the sad part is that most people view Christianity like this. We want God to make our lives easier and take away all the discouragement and suffering and just have the crown without picking up the cross. But every athlete knows that the process is worth it when you win that championship. You look back at all the injuries, failures, and losses, and they're all worth it because you've won. But even as the Apostle Paul says, these athletes... They go into strict training. They're doing it to get a crown that won't last. But as Christians, we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So the hard part is, how do we get to the part where we treasure that part? Where we treasure getting rejected or made fun of for sharing our faith. When our closest friends don't want to follow God anymore. When God allows something to happen in our lives that we don't quite understand yet. How do we treasure the hardships? And Jesus, of course, does a pretty good job of this. You can look at the Bible. He, he does a pretty good job at everything. So Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, verse 38. We're going to be there. It says, Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, 
You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross. We will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. As Jesus hung on the cross, even the people around him, the people that were crucified with him, were criticizing him and reviling him. (laughs) And they had, at this point, no idea what Jesus was doing. Even the disciples, they either betrayed him, denied him, or deserted him before this. Everyone saw the cross's defeat at this point. They saw the suffering and the pain that Jesus was going through. They saw Jesus being publicly subdued, arrested, beaten, and mocked. And even Jesus felt pain of the, of the physical wounds, but also the emotional and spiritual heartache there. There's no way that was fun in any sense. Matthew 26, verse 38 says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That's before he went to the cross. Matthew 27, 46, he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus, right, he's supposed to have power and not allow anything bad to happen. And I think most people still view hardships as a bad thing. And it's hard to treasure to say, I will, I want to, it's worth it, whatever it takes in the heat of the moment. But for the joy set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross, the whole picture, and the sacrifice to bring eternal life. What pain have you gone through in your life that was worth it? I'm sure you have examples. I know for me, this is back in 2020, I remember it was, it was close to winter break, finals were coming up. And, you know, some sisters took us out on an encouragement date. They took us to this nice restaurant, spent a bunch of money on food for us. Super encouraging. We went to Sky Zone. It's this trampoline park. Uh, it, was, it was a blast. I remember when I was at Sky Zone, there, there's like these little ramps. And it's kind of like American Ninja Warrior where you, you kind of run up, you try and grasp it and climb up on top. And so they had a, a small one, a medium-sized one, and a tall one. And so I got up the first two, and my roommate, he's like, you, you should do the third. I was like, okay, I saw him do it. The first time, I run up it, I try and grab on, I miss. The second time, I go for it again, I pull myself, or no, 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 I didn't pull myself up. I grabbed on with my left, a couple, couple of my fingers in my left hand. And so my arm was fully extended, and when my weight started going down, my shoulder just, it popped out. It's disgusting. And... I just had this nasty feeling. And for it was out for about five seconds, and then it kind of just slid back in. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm good to go now. Like all the adrenaline was going. I didn't feel any pain. And so I kept, I kept jumping. Turns out I was, on the, I was on the basketball, jumping on the trampoline. And I actually I tried to dunk with two hands. Once I dunked with two hands, my, my shoulder came out again. And I was, I was in midair, and so I let go. I kind of fell on my back, 
And then my roommate was even, he was trying, he's like, dude, I've done this before. You know, let me try and help you out. My shoulder was out of the socket. It was dislocated for like five minutes. And I remember he was trying to get it in. I was like, please stop. Oh, it was so painful. I wouldn't wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But eventually, you know, he stopped and I, I gathered my breath and somehow it slid back in. And so I didn't, I actually didn't know how serious this injury was. And so I kind of, I tried to keep going. I tried to, I just gave it a, a couple weeks off. And then I was like, okay, I'll just get back to my normal things. So it turns out, fast forward a month, I was playing basketball. The, the ball comes off the rim. I try and poke it out to one of my teammates. Like it, it was something super simple. I try and just poke it out. And then my, it comes out again. I remember I was sitting on the bench. The I was at the YMCA. They had to bring in, they had to bring in workers, and they were like, "Hey, they sign this thing to to say that we're not responsible." And I was like, "Okay, okay." And so that that was the third time. You think I would have learned by then? But the fourth time, I was at a campus Devo, and we were playing a game called Med Ball. I, if you want to learn it, I can explain it to you later, but. I tried to bat down a ball, and my shoulder dislocated for the fourth time. And at this point, I was like, okay, I need some help. And so, you'd think I would have learned way earlier, but I ended up getting an MRI, and they tell me, they go, your labrum's torn. It's basically the the cartilage that holds your your shoulder into your, your socket. They're like, it's torn. You can either, you know, wait for a couple months, maybe it'll heal, probably not, or you can get surgery on it. I was like, well, I think that's the only option. And so I decided to get surgery May of 2021. I, I waited till then so I could just focus on my classes and then just go into the summer to get my surgery. Remember, I, I went down for the surgery. I wake back up. There's like all this orange stuff on my arm. It's the, the antibiotic they use so it doesn't get infected. I remember I was in a sling. And, man, this the recovery process was not fun at all. The first three days, I was, I was hooked up to ice. I had this ice pack for, it was about three days. I couldn't shower. It was gross. So much pain. I had to keep taking painkillers. And then literally the week after, I had to start physical therapy. And they, you know, they start out pretty easy, but it's at some points they, they start moving your, your arm into weird positions, and it's so painful. This, the recovery process was not fun, but I was actually able to learn a lot through that. And so in one way, I was humbled. I had to learn. I had to, I hate asking for help. That's something I hate doing. I needed help with so many daily tasks I was so used to doing. I needed help. You know, I had, I had to have someone cook for me. I even needed help showering. And, you know, I was, I was 20 years old at the time, and I was doing things that, you know, probably a five- or six-year-old could do. And, man, it was, it was so humiliating. And I, I just learned that, I, I have to ask for help sometimes. And through this time, I was able to get so much closer to God. I had so much time on my hands to read and pray. And even I was able to get connected with our sister church down in Austin. Made so many friends there. So by the end of 2021, in December, 
I finished physical therapy and all the pain, it was worth it. And so a lot of times when we go through suffering like this, we may not like it, but without the suffering, if I didn't get the surgery, I probably would have kept dealing with the same problems. Without it, there's no victory. I wouldn't wish the suffering I went through on my worst enemy, but at the same time, I learned so much through it. But through the suffering, my shoulder, it was able to heal, and I was able to get closer to God. You can't skip over the bad and only take the good. Without Jesus suffering on the cross, there's no forgiveness of sins and no salvation, period. Jesus went through that for us. So if you look back in Matthew 16, Jesus, he tells his disciples, he says, I must suffer and be killed but I will be raised to life. Amen. And Peter's response, when he, when he responds, it's so typical for people who don't understand the process of suffering to produce victory. Usually, it's pretty similar for us. So why did he only think about the negative, the suffering, being killed? He said, never, Lord. But Jesus, he even said, I'll be raised to life. There's going to be this resurrection after in resurrections, they probably weren't new for the disciples. They, they'd seen Lazarus being raised from the dead. They'd seen the widow's son in Luke 7. They'd probably seen Jairus' daughter in Luke 8. They'd seen all these resurrections, but they weren't there when Jesus suffered. They weren't there going through that with him. They might not want to be there to see it, and that's probably why they left him. So if you treasure the cross, it means all the hardship that comes with it. And the great thing is that the the disciples, they learned to treasure the cross with the suffering. Look at their lives after Jesus resurrected. Come on now. There we go. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles were arrested, thrown in jail, questioned, and flogged. And in verse 41, it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. And then even even in 1 Peter, oh, there we go. There we go. First Peter, chapter 4. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. This is Peter. This is the guy who rebuked Jesus for saying he had to suffer. This is the guy who denied Jesus three times. And this is him saying this. We can learn not to be ashamed, not to run away, 
Not to try and avoid people because they criticize us. And there's a promise there. There's a promise he says. He says, you will be overjoyed when God's glory is revealed. And we all know that that feeling of joy. We all know that it's the best feeling if you cross a finish line, when you receive your diploma, if you get a good grade back on an assignment. But this also means that in that process, there's going to be times in our spirituality where we want to be selfish, maybe lash out in anger, hurt someone who hurt you, give in to your harmful thoughts or feelings, go back to your old ways, maybe not share your faith because someone rejected you. Instead, Jesus, He's calling us to deny ourselves and go through some pain or discomfort. Die to that part of yourself that only wants to be comfortable, that only fights for your will to be done. And you might feel like Jesus felt in Matthew where He says, My God, my God, why have You forsaken Me? But Jesus, through the cross, will save us even if we feel forsaken. So to treasure the cross... You've got to treasure the hardships of being a Christian. Just think of that time you said no to your sinful reaction. The time you said yes to doing the good you ought to do. How good it feels even if you have to suffer. The little things, the everyday, the small things, denying yourself, dying to yourself to produce. And it, it even may produce bigger sufferings. Feeling mistreated. Being insulted for your faith that you can't relate or fit in. So my practical for us today is identify a challenge that you're going through. And when you're fighting through it, instead of saying, God, please take this away from me, thank God in your prayers that He's using that to make you more like Jesus. Thank God that Jesus showed you the perfect example and He's teaching you obedience through that. The book of Hebrews says that Jesus learned obedience through what He suffered. Think of that. Jesus Christ Himself had to learn obedience through suffering. So we can learn to rejoice with the sufferings of Christ, to endure the pain of self-denial, and see the overwhelming victory of the glory of Christ. And we'll, through this, we'll be a lot more content. And the people around us may even wonder, like, why? Why is this person so joyful, even though they're going through this? Wow. Wow. A lot of people, through that, can be one to Christ. And most importantly, will be overjoyed when Jesus' glory is revealed. So my hope is that we can truly treasure the cross going into this week. And even even think of that as you take communion. Think of how Jesus suffered for you. How much more we we can be able to endure suffering because of that. Someone's going to come up and pray for communion today. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church 
and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.